Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Lost Art Podcast, the podcast that gives a voice to our veterans. I'm your host, Andrew Cox. And on today's episode, we will be doing a My Veteran Story with a special guest who I had the distinct privilege to serve with several years back. Everyone, please welcome Lieutenant Colonel Retired Eddie Utuck. Eddie, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, man. Semper Fi. Great, Semper great Fi, it's great to have platform. you. Uh, great being on this platform is a, is a complete honor for me and, uh, you know, steel sharp and steel. And uh, I just wanted to share the same sentiments. You're by far one of the greatest Marines that I serve with. And I have the fondest of memories um, of some of the, obviously, leadership challenges and some of the, you know, grueling physical and mental environments that we survived. So um, I just wanted to say I'm honored to call you a brother and great to be on your show. Awesome. Thank you. And and same goes to you. I, I, I mentioned you on a podcast, I think it was last week, week before when I knew you were going to be coming on. Uh, and I talked about how how much that you cared about the Marines. And then me specifically, you know, I had a, a little incident with the first sergeant or whatever, and you sat down with me and and really listened to what was going on and cared about the situation and, and really guided us through that. So I, I wanted to say personally, thank you for that as well. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Drew, after 25 years of service, I've kind of learned that leadership is about people. And um, it's so compelling, obviously, what we're going to be talking about today. And we'll get into more details. But leadership for me has always been about human understanding, moral character, and just having the intelligence, you know, the emotional intelligence to really care for the people that are assigned, you know, under because I, I, I the way that I see it is is an absolute privilege that we get the finest of what America can offer to join our forces and serve in our nation's cloth. So to me, it's it's about servant leadership. It's about serving those people. We get the privilege to, share, to, to you know, share the service ethos with. And more importantly, you know, I have um, since transitioned. But one of the things that I miss the most is uh, me obviously walking the, you know, the grounds of uh, recruit training with you, of which um, when you look at what the drill instructor does in that mission, the mission of making Marines. Right. My hat's off to those young men and women that are still out there, you know, making America's finest, because to me, you need people that have a very high order character value to execute that mission, and you're one of them. Uh, well, thank you. And it is vital. It's very vital in order to get that uh, mission complete and training those recruits and getting them off on the right foot, starting their careers. Absolutely. So um, we were going to discuss today uh, something that you brought up, and I thought this is fantastic. I think it goes right along with a lot of things that I've been talking uh, through the podcast on, and that's uh, greatness of character and core values. Uh, if you want, you can go ahead and uh, start start kind of giving me your your insight on this. No, this is a, this is a profound um, opportunity for us to be able to speak on this very, very 
uh, existential topic about values and character, because I think that is really what underpins the soul and legacy of the Marine Corps. So, you know, to prepare for the call, I spent just a few minutes just uh, brushing up in history. And one of the books uh, that I opened is The First Fight by uh, the great General Krulak. You know, they, Absolutely. They great him, book. They call brute. Yes. So I read this book when I was a, an NCO and this book is so compelling. But let me just kind of open up with uh, a letter from General Randolph Pate, who was the commandant around 1957. Okay. Um, and he writes this letter to Victor Krulak. He says, dear Brute, why does the U.S. need a Marine Corps? And in a very profound way, he has, he, he has the following to say, he said, when convenient, would you jot down some answers to the above question? This is deeply philosophical and he ended, he signs it off by thanks Rand. So obviously when a general officer, in this case, the commandant asks such a, a deep, profound and philosophical question, you know, it causes obviously a lot of churn in the staff. So I can only imagine at the time, you know, whatever assignment that, you know, the great general Victor H. Krulak, what he, 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 he was experiencing, but this is what he said. He said, so we spent a little time seeking answers to the converse question. He said, why does the United States need a Marine Corps? And from those reflections, we came to a few conclusions which apply to your question. And in a very profound way, he says, the United States does not need a Marine Corps because she has a fine modern army and a vigorous Air Force, period. And right. then he goes on to say in the following page, he said, and this is the case with the Marine Corps, he said, we exist today, we flourish today, not because of what we know we are or what we know we can do, but because of what the grassroots of our country believes we are and believes we can do. And he goes on to say, he said, first, the American, American people believe that when trouble comes to our country, there will be Marines. And then he says, second, they believe that when the Marines go to war, they invariably turn in a performance that is dramatically and decisively successful. And then the next thing he said, he said the third thing they believe about the Marines is that our core is downright good for the manhood of our country. And then in, in closing, he says, the United States does not need a Marine Corps, however, for good reason, which completely transcends cold logic the United States wants a Marine Corps, period. I'll stop there. Get you. Right. Yeah, that's that's profound. And it's great. I, I love what he's saying there. Yes. And I uh, kind of wanted to use that uh, to provide a framework of how I think about character and core values. Obviously, me and you, we've had many discussions regarding, you know, value-based training and what that could mean to an exponential organization like the United States Marine Corps. Absolutely. And um, you've kind of been there, you know, during the growth of force when we were going from about 180 and we were pushing, obviously, to try to make uh, the mission of maybe about growing the force to 202,000. I don't right. know if you remember that. That's right. Yes. And, uh, you know, the things that I think about when I think about that mission, I think I think about the young men and women that were in the trenches at the time making Marines. And um, before I even go any 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 further depth. I want to quote the great General James L. Jones when he said that the Marine Corps has three missions. 
It says, the first thing is that we fight and win our nation's battles. And he said, the second thing is that we make Marines. That's a transformative mission, as you have already been in that crucible leadership. And then the last thing is uh, that he said is to transition that responsible citizen, that veteran to the U.S. And um, I think that on the... That that's like the underpinning of what I wanted to talk about today as I reflect on my twenty-five short twenty-five years of service <laughs> and, and just the people that I have been able to kind of navigate. Um obviously the life of a service member. Um I also want to recognize the family um of that Marine because uh you know I call them the center of gravity because they are the critical capability that hold down the home front to enable our Marines to do what they do when the nation is least prepared. Let me go back to you and kind of get your thoughts because I have the finest of memories of you always bringing your family back then when we were doing Marine Corps combat instructor training in the water survival space. I remember you always finding the time to bring your family to work. Yeah, absolutely. So I I always tell tell Marines when we're talking about family, uh, the, the big green machine called the Marine Corps is going to keep on marching no matter what happens. So if you get out, like you retire or you get out after you're four or whatever the case is, that big green machine is going to move on. They may remember you uh, just because it, as a person or whatever is throughout history, but they're not going to like that. It's not going to stop because you're gone. And when you're gone, you have to remember that you have your family, that that core family that should be there. And this doesn't always work out that way, but they should be there. So you should keep them number one in everything that you're doing because they are going to be the ones there for you when you do transition out of the military from that big green machine into the civilian sector. So keeping that family unit intact, in my opinion, is incredibly important. And and that's why I try to involve my family in what I do in the, in the Marine Corps so they can see it, they can understand it. And, you know, there are times when I'm not going to be able to be home, whatever the case is, and they'll at least understand what's going on. They may not like it, but at least they'll understand it. Now, that's beautiful. Thank you. I can send it better. But um, yeah, so with this whole topic that we're trying to, you know, kind of uh, joust with, uh, you know, give and take, and I, I'd like to get your thoughts about this as well, get your reflections. Definitely. So when I look at the word character, you know, the greatness of character, you know, uh, you know, a few things come to mind when I think about character. Mm-hmm. The very first is genuine unselfishness. A person who has greatness refuses to hold tightly to his or her own possessions. Such a person is characterized by open generosity and selfless motives. Yeah. When you are with a great person, you don't sense that they desire to hold on to things. Instead, what you see is you see them giving away things. And if that's not reflective of the lifestyle or the pattern of behavior of a service member, I don't know what else is. So genuine unselfishness, that's the thing the first thing that comes to mind the second thing is when it comes to greatness of character is the willingness to sacrifice for other people so i have the best of memories obviously as we kind of go back to you know the early 2000s and when we see the attack on our homeland right. you know happening and um you see how the service member were able to rise to the occasion in this case you know being in the marine corps i saw my brothers and sisters you know rising to the occasion mm-hmm. and uh we serve at the 
at the behest of the American public leaders, in this case, at a time of war, global war and terrorism. Right. And it's just amazing that there's a man and woman that is ready at that point where there is great danger and peril to be able to stand on that enemy. That's beautiful. So willingness to sacrifice for others. I, I'm a Christian, so I'll have a quote here from C.S. Lewis that says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Great people give all of themselves with no hesitation in service to others. They do so instantly, just like breathing, even to the point of their own detriment. So I, I see that reflected in the life of our service members and I salute everything that they do. The third thing is purity of motive. This is just another way of saying absence of greed. And I think we have the purest form of people who serve a nation, especially at moments that the nation is least unprepared. So the Marine Corps kind of comes to mind in terms of our mission, America's 911 force. That's, that's what we do. And then the last thing is restraint of power. Great people often have the authority, yet they refuse to wield that authority like a sword. And that kind of comes from restraint um, of while we're trained as Marines, you know, it says one weapon, one mind, any weapon. And then more importantly, you know, we've always talked, remember when we had the safety brief before we let go of the Marines to the weekend, right. we said, as you go out to American society, the American public should feel safe because there's a Marine in the Air Force. So That's when right. I think about greatness of character, those are the four things that crystallize in my own thinking as a veteran. Right. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with all that. Uh, I did uh, uh, discussions on what my leadership uh, kind of philosophies were and stuff uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, my very first thing that I have, and it's it's kind of funny uh, that, that your first thing when you're talking about uh, your character is genuine unselfishness. I always say genuinely care. Uh, and and I, I'd say that in a sense of just walk around talk to your Marines, talk to those that are, that are there with you and, and build rapport with them, create a bond, uh, and just genuinely care about the individual because that's going to take you so much further. Uh, if, if anybody has issues or whatever, because you have that bond. Uh, and I, I just think it's kind of funny that, uh, obviously we think great minds think alike. I'll say it that way. Uh, but yeah, it, you're spot on with everything that you're saying in my mind. I appreciate that. And then the other part besides character is values. You know, we talk about honor, courage, and commitment in the Marine Corps. I mean, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. And I know you embrace this ethos, uh, and I, because I, that's where I have the deepest form of uh, respect for you and what you've done to, you know, you, you fleet it up all the way to the highest rank in the Marine Corps. And you've been able to make transformative impacts in the Marines that you've led. But when I think about values, I think about values as something that defines the worth of something. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as Marines, you know, we rise to the occasion when there's adversity. That's just a, a common property that you would find and the legacy of the giants that came, you know, before us. Right. And I think what we strive to do in this day and age is pass the same legacy. It shouldn't be lost on our generation to pass that torch of values that stand time, those classical definition of values, which, you know, a lot of people have spent a lot of time writing 
you know, transformative strategic documents about, hey, what does it mean to be a person that serves our nation? What does it mean to be a patriot, right? right. You, you look at global, the global population right now is trending towards 8 billion people. Out of the 8 billion people, you have somewhat of about maybe 330 million that are Americans. And out of that, you have a very small, minuscule fraction that get the chance to be service members and let alone a much smaller fraction that becomes Marines. So what you're seeing and the people that deploy the spirit of America into places that are far remote across the four corners, those people are the people that reflect those values. Because in most cases, like you remember, Drew, yeah. you will go to places that they have never met an American before they, but they meet you as a US Marine. It just those impacts of the value system and the mindset that you share with them uh, that resonate, I think, uh, you know, in what we do. So that's what we strive to do. We strive to live up to those ethos, those value systems, because I think that's what makes the Marine Corps the world's premier fighting force. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with all of that. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I was lucky in my career being in the band. Uh, I went out into the public's eye fairly regularly doing parades, doing uh, just concerts, those types of things. And I was lucky enough to, after our performance, go out and see the public and have them thank me uh, and, and just say how grateful they are to about the Marine Corps, about the military and those types of things, which a lot of service members uh, don't get that opportunity to hear that very often. And I heard it on the regular, you know, sometimes four and five times a week, you know, depending on our performance schedule. And uh, I, I always thought when that happened, you know, it, for me, I had to honor those that were around me, those service members, service members that didn't get that opportunity. So I would try to go around and say, hey, I went and did a performance and hey, they I just wanted to pass on that they love you guys and you know, you guys are doing a great job and I thank you for it on behalf of them, you know, and I thank you as well. But uh, but that's kind of those that that uh, core values, you know, not not only just uh, being able to have it for yourself, you know, and, and get that gratification, but spreading that spreading that love to somebody else as well. Now, that's beautiful. You know, I was at a retirement ceremony of a close friend. I've known him since I was at the War College. His name is uh, Major General. He's Major General. Kenyon Bell, and while I was in the midst of those warriors, I got the profound opportunity to shake hands with the great General Paul V. Hester. Oh, wow. He used to be the Commander of Pacific Air Force and Air Component Command. And this is what he said. He said, Eddie, when you think about where we are, we are at a strategic inflection point. And he said, this nation should never forget why we have a Marine Corps. Mm. You know, that that sat really deeply with me that he had the profound perspective to be able to remind me about the essence of having our service in the U.S. Armed Forces. Right. Kind of goes back to what we're trying to kind of build up is when you take character and you reinforce it with values, what happens is legacy and virtues. Virtues are things that are standards of rightness and then more importantly, moral excellence. Right. And I believe when you hear, you know, the late, you know, General Victor Krulak writing a book about first to fight, it's reinforcing that mindset mm -hmm. of what we show and identify for the nation. So um, 
I, I, I really love that we're talking about this. The other thing that I kind of wanted to introduce as we kind of get deeper into this is let's kind of let's kind of look at the essence of honor, courage, and commitment. Okay. I remember very clearly as a young Marine, I joined the Marine Corps very intensely as an enlisted Marine because I wanted to make sure that wherever I go in my journey, I know what it means to be able to receive orders. Right. You know, yeah. you as drill instructors, you guys, you know, kind of, you know, reinforce, you know, instant willingness and obedience to orders. Right. Can you, can you please tell me what that meant to you as a young uh, Marine coming into the ranks? Because for me, Private Utah, I was just like, wow. <laughs> like this this service does it the right way but let me just hear really briefly what that you know kind of meant to you right yeah as i reflect back on it i i think uh you know i always try to think of everything in that that combat mindset uh but if you don't have that instant willingness obedience to orders then when you get into a situation that's stressful a situation that is unfamiliar uh dangerous whatever you want to call it um if you're not willing to listen to somebody and do it exactly what they say when they tell you to do it, then people's lives are on the line, you know, and that's kind of how I reflected on it. I remember my drill instructors just drilling that into me when I was coming through. And then as I just kind of went through uh, my career, I always tried to put that into perspective. Uh, you know, it, and I guess there's a time and a place to have questions and things of that nature. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, if you can take it, you know, accept the the order and do it immediately, maybe you can go back later and say, hey, you know, it, I didn't quite understand. I went ahead and did it, whatever, you know, you know, it wasn't life threatening at the time. So I went ahead and did it. But, you know, maybe next time we could do it this way or something. And you could talk about that. Uh, and that's part of learning. That's part of as you grow in the in your career and things like that as well. Uh, but I constantly remember them drilling that into me. And I just that just stuck with me my entire career. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that you said that and you kind of reflect back on that combat mindset and, um, you know, stay sharp to those values. But yes, uh, when I look at honor, courage and, and commitment and I think about, you know, sitting as a you know young Marine in a squad bay, um, obviously they take you back to the stone ages for a reason. Uh, they, strip away <laughs> they strip away everything that you've known up to that point, up to, you know, your haircut and um, and they they trying to change that I me mindset to we. Uh -huh. And as you're sitting there, and you know you're going through the conduct of that values based training, and you're sitting in a school circle. I love that. Right. I don't think we can do that enough anymore. Yeah, uh, remember, I remember you know you know when you're standing there in formation and say, hey, form a school circle around me. Marines That's know right. there's something deep about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and I think that for a warrior culture, that's like, and if you kind of go back 3000 years of, you know, you know, you know, any military system or any um, culture that had some kind of a tradition, there was always this wisdom that was passed down from people who had experienced something, you know, that was worth handing up over to the next generation. That's what I saw. I saw the drill instructors at the time when I joined, these were all veterans. I'm talking about decorated veterans from Desert Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Right. Those were the men that raised me as Marines. And I remember those close circles, how they defined their own generation. And they told me, they told us in that squad bay, they said, you need to be prepared for what's coming because you might not be interested in war, but war will come. 
And you are going to be the one that is expected to be ready when the nation is least ready. And look at where we stand today and look at all the threats, you know, across the international security system environment. You, you get to see that they already saw these things coming and they prepared us well, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you at all on that. And, and that's what, what a lot of it is about. It's just preparing and just uh, trying to stay ready for whatever threat is going to come up and just, you know, trying to stay knowledgeable on what those threats may be. Absolutely. And those uh, were all NCOs. So I modeled myself, you know, walked, you know, just to try to, you know, find my way in the path that they shed. They actually read this uh, document to me, and I think it's worth me just kind of uh, going back again and just kind of hitting back like brilliance in the basics, right? There's a letter here from General Chapman. It says, Marines don't do that. It said, recently, I was in an air terminal. Most people there presented a pretty sloppy appearance. It said they had coats and buttoned, ties loosened up, and so on. It said, there was a Marine corporal in uniform who was just the opposite. I spoke to the Marine and pointed out that difference to him. I asked him why it was so. His answer was, Marines don't do that. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. <laughs> I do. You know, and, and that- goes ahead. Yeah, go ahead, sorry about that, go ahead. No, no problem. I think that's funny is, is, as like, as I'm teaching young Marines now, you know, uh, as they're coming up and, and you're telling them, hey, you know, when you go out in public, you know, you need to shave, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know, uh, and you're trying to, to, I guess, impart why it's important for them. Uh, and it's funny, it, it, the, as they're young and they're looking at it and they're like, this doesn't really matter, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, but when you look at the bigger picture of the Marine Corps and how, how we set ourselves apart as best we can, uh, it does become important. You know, those small things do add up, you know, and if you're walking around looking like a like a turd or something, you know, that's that's not a good reflection on the Marine Corps. It's beautiful. No, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, when you do the simple things well, those harder things kind of fall in place. I mean, I would agree with that, what you just stated. But he goes on to say, he said, Marines don't wear scruffy uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, Marines don't slouch around with their hands in their pockets. And I'm, I know, I know, uh, you know, the, the, the retired Master Gunnery Sergeant Cox has many of examples where you had, you know, your rear end handed to you from a Sergeant Major from putting your hands in the pocket. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I, I most definitely have. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, when I just got here to the school of music, uh, to take over as a senior list advisor, uh, I, I checked in and, uh, chief warrant officer Ford Davis, uh, we had served together several times and, uh, I had gotten into a habit of when I was talking to somebody, I put my hand in my pocket and he is Marine 100%. It's like to a T he's going to tell you. And I just remember standing there and uh, we were in his office and he didn't say a word. All he did was stare at my hand in my pocket. And like, cause I wasn't paying attention at first and I kind of looked over and I was like, what is he looking at? And then it all hit me and I'm like, oh my God, here I am checking in looking like a dirt bag in front of this chief warrant officer. I was like, oh man. Uh, but he held me up accountable to that and told me, hey, pull your hand out of your pocket, dirt bag. So, you know, I did and moved on. But yeah, it's, it's kind of funny when you look at it that way. No, that's beautiful. I thank you very much for that mindset. 
He says, um, Marines don't fail to respond with a yes or no, sir. Now check that out because, um, you know, I find myself obviously in a civilian establishment. I love, I love the organization and the team that I'm part of. I think I have great leadership and they are making some transformative things to support the Department of Defense and, you know, veterans community. And that's really my second why is like after retiring, I was looking for something, something that would give me a North Star or a sense of purpose. And I, I'm really happy that I found that. But, um, you know, in talking to some of obviously the people that I work for, uh, they had they, they had said, hey, you don't always have to say, sir, ma'am, but you already know that that's a code. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm never going to change that because I say that out of a sense of respect and reverence. If yes. I do call you, sir, ma'am, and that's just how we're raised. But many people will not know that. <laughs> true. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, and some people so- take offense to it. Which That's to me true. is 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 wild, but it it does happen. And and then, and then one other thing that I see now, obviously, where I work, I work obviously advising you know yeah, some senior leaders within my organization on change management. As you know, change management is so hard. But listen to what this uh, General Chapman what he said. This is the this is the epitome of wisdom. He said. Marines don't knock the system without recommending appropriate change. Yep, absolutely. And 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 it's about that pride and ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about life in the squad bay, but you remember that first fleet assignment back when we joined, you know, That's right. like, you know, spending time on your uniform and 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 ensuring that, hey, you know, if you're gonna wear your uniform. You better you better show up, you know, because you know, you know, my drill sergeant always said, you know, look good, feel good, you know. Yeah. So you you wanted to make sure. I mean, not like you're the board marine, but you know, you know, your boots, you know, really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about you know change. I know we've changed now to whereby we are more of you know that exped- expeditionary mindset. Right. But I think you know if you still see the you know character and appearance in the way that. You know, the Marine Corps, you know, you know, teaches you to groom yourself and maintain those standards is so important. And then obviously when there is a change, does not matter, you know, whatever that uniform looks like, that we still model those type of behaviors and present the American people with the very best. Because that's what they expect, I think, in the moon. Last thing I wanted to say um, about change management is, as you've kind of seen, the Marine Corps has gone through a lot of changes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what generation. I think that to me, the soul and legacy of our nation really rests on those people who raise their right hand. I'm going to share with you how I describe those people um, because okay. I, I don't want I don't want that to be lost on on this uh, in, on this podcast. So um, obviously, based on my 25 years of service, when I think about what it means for you to raise your right hand. This is what it means to me metaphorically. It means that you understand and you have become the champion of a noble cause. Mm. It means that you are an American patriot who deeply understand the fundamental cost of freedom and the liberty. Liberty is central and it requires eternal vigilance. It represents to me that man and woman who raises their right hand and takes that oath freely to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, 
and that this sacred oath is not made to a king or a queen. This oath is made to the American people. And in that solemn process of taking that oath, that man or woman writes a blank check, sometimes with their lives on it. Right. They freely present that check to the American people. And, and really, to me, that's what that means to me is you still have people and all volunteer force of people who raise their right hand. They know that they're going to sign their lives, sometimes bring their family along with them, and they commit to those character and value traits that we've talked about. I think that that's something that is noble and worth handing down to the next generation of people that replace us. Yeah, beautifully said. I, I, I really, really like how you said that there. And and to all the servicemen and women that, that may listen to this, I, I could, my hat's off to you. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, just don't forget the why behind what we're doing. And, and Eddie hit that right on the head there. You know, go back and do some soul searching when, when you listen to that and remember the why uh, behind what it is that you guys do. Absolutely. So it's a great honor for me to do this uh, first salvo, uh, you know, just sitting down with a grandmaster like yourself and just <laughs> talking about, because, you know, uh, I would say, uh, you know, Drew, you know, I did not even know you when I showed up to MCRD San Diego, the captain. Right. And here comes this, you know, very, very important mission. And I would tell you the drill instructors that I had the opportunity to serve you know, in that crucial mission, some of them, I actually ran into them, you know, combat deployments. Right. And some of them, I met them while I was at one math, you know, as a regional planner. Um, so, you know, just some of them, I happened to meet them, you know, now that I'm retired. But there's just that one constant that there was always something different about them. You know, yep. Ronald Reagan said, you know, a lot of people spend their lifetime wondering if they've made a difference. Marines don't have that problem. That's and right. you kind of see that they have that edge around them. Like they know they've done something that has been transformative and, and they will do it again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just, I love talking about, I love, I love to talk about them uh, uh, in, in, in the greatness that they've shown me by the way that they've conducted themselves in the most professional way, regardless if the chips were down or not. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, you know, they, no matter what happens, we always tend to rise to the occasion, you know, and that's, that's kind of the Marines. That's, that's what we do. Uh, it doesn't matter where we go, uh, what the mission is, we are going to get the job done and we're going to rise to that occasion. Even if in our mind, we think, oh yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen. We find a way somehow, some way we rise to that occasion and we move forward and we do what we got to do. And, and I would say that, uh, in general, the, the military for, for us is, is like that, you know, across the board, uh, I just personally, you know, and I'm sure you do too, you know, we, we like the Marine Corps just a little bit better, but, um, there's, there could be a reason for that, but, uh, that, that's kind of where I see it. So uh, I read a book once and I love how you said, you know, you know, reminding people of their why. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the honor, courage and commitment thing, when you look at, you know, the fortune 100 company, I was just actually looking at that before this call. And if you, you know, looking at, you know, organizations like Walmart, you look at mm -hmm. organizations like Amazon, you, you're going to find out that really the why that they serve is because of the deep passion of trying to make a change, you know, trying to, you know, change is hard, you know, but you want to make a difference. And um, I kind of wanted to kind of run this by you, you know, over 25 years, I've, I've found that, you know, character and values have just been continually, continuously sharpened 
by the people that I've come in contact with. And even as you read some of the value statement from most of this big organization, you're going to find out to them it's mostly about you know the people they serve, their customers. Right. And if we apply that same mindset to the to the mission that we do, really we support and defend the Constitution under the grace of the American public. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to mention that. That's been my North Star. You know, I want to keep in mind as well, you know, we are part of one of the greatest and most successful social experiments recorded in human history. Uh, right. Why Very it true. matters in this context to have core values and, 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 and have something called, you know, character is because of that American public trust. We have to earn it. Um, the other part is there is legacy in mm -hmm. character when you look at military lineage and tradition. We come from an unbroken lineage of great warriors, right? Yeah. Um, you can name names, um, you know, but you know, when I think about character, I think about character as those, it's like those small hinges that open big doors. Why am I right. calling those small is that is those incremental things that you're doing, you know, taking care of your family, you know, being a good person, paying your taxes, being a responsible member of society, giving back. And, right. and, and really, for me, uh, Drew, I am absolutely honored that you thought about Eddie to come down on this great platform. Um, I think this is a great outreach, you know, to our veterans community to let them know that we're doing what it act, actually is required where we find ourselves in our nation's history right now. We are at a strategic inflection point. And uh, it's an absolute honor and privilege for me to come up to this platform and be part of this voice that you're trying to create. I think this is resonant and I think is relevant in what that needs to be communicated to those people that are still supporters of what we do as service members. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's absolutely wonderful how you're saying everything. and. Uh, I, I couldn't say it any better, even if I tried. I could tell you that right now. Um, I will tell you that I, I really want you to come back, do another another show with us. Uh, and I want you to walk us through your career, right? Like uh, from the beginning to the end uh, and, and what where you went, what you did. I, I, you know, I want everybody to hear about that as well, because what you're saying here uh, is incredibly important. And I think them, them seeing your perspective and, and where you went and what you did throughout your career is going to kind of bring all this in, in full circle. And they're going to be able to see it a little bit better because they'll hear it from you where what you went through. I love that. I love that. I, I appreciate you recognizing my service. And, uh, you know, I say, you know, you know, I want to echo those same comments back to you because I remember, you know, being assigned this mission and, you know, Drew, you know, we went through some dark times when we were there, you know, at a recruit training regiment, you know, doing, you know, the mission of making Marines. If you remember before we assumed that leadership role, uh, with you being the chief there, you know, you know, teaching combat water survival training, right. that that to me was one of the places that we could have lost a Marine or lost a recruit. And um, in those days, as you remember, right before we assume that, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately, we had lost a drill instructor, That's right. you know, um, you know, in training. And, you know, you know, so as I look back at my service, I definitely want to promise that I want to come back and be able to share the story of my journey. But what I would tell you is that I have been so blessed that I had you know, the, I had the Drew Coxes when I needed the Drew Coxes to rise right. up to the occasion and do what they were trained to do at their very best. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that really, it 
encompasses uh, so much, you know, and you talk about it, it's about people, right? And, uh, and that really is such a huge factor, at least in my career, it has been a huge factor in, and just making sure that you're treating people right, you're, you're genuinely caring, you're, you're genuinely uh, uh, unselfish about everybody, and you're trying to really just pull everybody in as a team. And that just comes back to help you f so much, so much in the long run. Uh, yeah, so it, I agree. It's it's about the people, and it's it's about when they're there. And it's in my opinion, it, you know, you could thank God for that. You know, that there people come into your lives at at the right moment uh, to help you through. Uh, even if you think that it's not going to happen or not going to work out, it 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 tends to uh, work itself out with the right people. Absolutely. I just wanted to close with uh, asking you to continue to be a light, uh, to continue to propagate positive you know, energy, because I believe that there are, there'll be people that are impacted by what you're doing here in, in untold and, you know, uncommon ways. There'll be people that receive this message because they are going to be the forebearers of taking this legacy to the next generation. Um, as you, as you talked about, the green machine continues, <laughs> but it's all about the character and values of the people behind that machine. That's right. That makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, Eddie, I thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it has been a pleasure and it has been so exciting for me to hear hear from you. Uh, I look forward to the next podcast where we can sit down and, and listen to your uh, full career story. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. Is there anything else you want to leave uh, the listeners with right now before we uh, end this podcast? No, it's funny to me. I just as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, you know, this whole thing that we say to each other simplifies funny because you know you know drew you know i left recruit training that mission around 2007 2008 after right. you know eight great grueling cycles you know i was there you know in the trenches with you guys and then obviously i got the chance to do you know company commander instructional training company one of the finest missions and 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 th those marines were the top 10 but one thing that remains it's just the fidelis, you know, the faithfulness that we have. That's right. And, and, and that doesn't change. You know, that's something that I take with me to the grave is when you call me, you know that I'm going to be there. And I have no doubt in my mind if I was, you know, opening up a, a platform such as yours and I said, Drew, I want you to come down and support <laughs> me, that I know that you're going to move mountains to be there. And that's, you, you, that just does not happen, you know, where I'm at now, civilians, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's that, is that integrity that we have with each other that we have to be there, you know, and that I, I would tell you that's why I'm proud of you know you being able to continue to do this because I know it's a selfless thing to do. I think you're a man of character. I think um, when I think about character, I think about you know diamond. A diamond shines regardless of its environment. Actually, a diamond shines brighter because of pressure. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I want to leave you with is continue to shine that light, brother. Um, I, I I'll support you. Uh, till the cow comes home because it's Semper Fidelis. It's that spirit of Semper Fidelis. It was good enough for Chesty. It's good enough for us, brother. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Eddie. Thank you very much. To the listeners out there, thank you for listening. I, I hope you really enjoyed today. Stay tuned for the next uh, podcast. It's going to be outstanding. Uh, and to everybody, stay motivated. Change your socks. Oh, oh, oh.